for all of you, making better food choices, making better lifestyle choices towards that understanding that every moment, every spoonful is precious and is also going to make the change inside you is, is a wonderful gift. It's Hester, and this is Porridge for Brains. Hello, 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 all you party people. It's Hester here, official porridge brain. Hope you're doing really well. I'm coming to you with part two of my two-part interview with Nick Barnard, co-founder and chair of Rude Health. When Nick and I sat down, We had so much to talk about and we had such an amazing time that we had way more than one episode's worth of content. And I did not want to deprive anyone of the amazing stuff that Nick talked about. He talks with such passion and I'm so fascinated in his ideas and stories about living well, about um, working out what works for you, but also about porridge. So... Nick is, I believe, twice crowned champion of the speciality trophy. That sentence didn't make sense, but I'm going with it. Twice crowned champion of the speciality trophy at the Golden Spurtle International Porridge Making Championships. He has yet to win the Golden Spurtle, which is the traditional porridge making heat, but he has won a couple of times the speciality, which is where you create a dish with any ingredients you want and kind of build it however you want rather than the traditional which is purely using oats salt and water so we talked about some amazing stuff in the last episode and if you haven't listened i would seriously encourage you to tune into that one as well but for this episode we got right down to the nitty-gritty and finally managed to get to the all-important subject that really really we are both so passionate about which is porridge. I found out a few months ago that Nick is competing in this year's Golden Spurtle and I'm also competing so we will be going head to head. I've got my game face on. Yes this was a slight opportunity to uh, scope out the competition but more than that it was just to speak to a like-minded aficionado of the humble oat. I'm going to dive in now so I really hope you enjoy listening and here we go. Let's not forget that porridge is a simple gruel of grain is something that our ancestors had out of necessity. So um, in the Scottish Highlands and in the Highlands and Islands and uh, Scandinavia, parts of, in other words, colder or temperate climes, um, uh, grains, cooked, cooked grains were very simple food because they had very simple lifestyles in terms of food landscape. You know, you're up in the Highlands and Islands, neeps and tatties, um, turnips and potatoes and a bit of sheep meat thrown in is a is a is an, is an extraordinary luxury from in the history of things and every uh you know smallholder crofter and and people would be accustomed to having a milk cow and the cream and the oats and then what do you eat you eat porridge and the, one of the finest meals you'll have in in, in in and um i encourage you to do this is to make a bowl of oatmeal porridge uh, as per the recipe and eat right or just as per the recipe on a packet of oatmeal medium grade oatmeal or pinhead oatmeal cook it in water with some salt quite a lot of salt in the, to make it quite salty it doesn't want to be it wants to taste of salt but not be salty 
Um, and then you sit a bowl of clotted cream or raw uh, Guernsey or Jersey cream in the middle of the table and you dip your spoon into the porridge, the hot porridge, and then you dip it into the cream. Oh, my goodness me. Now, that is simple, easy, nourishing, because you've got the fat from the cream. You've got the fat and the protein and the carbohydrates from the oats, and you've got yourself a... Uh, a, a, and also the oats are cooked, so therefore they're bioavailable to you in terms of nutrients. And this will give you a start to the day of, of in root health, you know, being up for life. Mm. And let's not forget the muesli, we go off on a slight tangent here. What does the word muesli mean? It's a, a, a German, Swiss German word. It means mush. And in America, we believe children and indeed adults know porridge as they are confusingly call it oatmeal, but also they call it mush. So isn't that extraordinary that, as you say, from the language, uh, muesli in, um, in, in Switzerland, which was discovered as a sort of uh, an alpine farmer's food, is actually just cold porridge. My summer preference for spring summer preference for breakfast is, is a mush, and then my winter preference is, is, is porridge. I actually this year have not deviated at all from warm porridge in the morning. Um, I know, um, and and maybe that's something I'll think about. But my partner actually can't quite get on with having warm porridge in the morning in the summer morning. So we've started doing overnight oats. Kind of, yeah. he'll do his overnight oats, and I'll still have mine um, warm in the mornings. But it doesn't have to be piping hot, you know. Yeah. Maybe in the winter, I'll um, I'll require it um, very soon from um, kind of ladling out of the pan, but. But I don't know. I'm I'm happy. One of the things that I haven't actually um, tried yet, which I've seen in your book, is this. And you talked about it, kind of the the sprouted or fermented. That that part of kind of making or using oats, I am very excited to try. Um, and I was just going to ask, actually. So you talked about at the moment, I I. I'm quite unwell when I eat uh, milk products. So I actually haven't been having dairy in my diet for, for a few years now. And I, I did try to wean myself on. Actually, I tried to I tried to incorporate dairy back into milk back into my diet last last year when I got when I got your book. And I resulted in like a full blown anaphylactic episode where my eyes were swollen and I couldn't see or breathe for about two days. Um, so I'm not I'm not writing it off forever. Yes, Hester, you, you, you represent you know, the stimulus behind root health, producing almond drink and coconut drink and so on. And, um, and yet we also um, big up and support uh, quality dairy. So we support raw milk producers and we support un, um, not, not homogenized milk, which has which therefore got the separate uh, cream from the milk um, mm. in its natural way that it separates. But I think the other thing you can try really is you know, if you if you if you think about the the um, dairy, dairy gets a bad uh, press, but with butter, yogurt, mm -hmm. and butter, you know, butter in porridge is is sublime. You know, <laughs> you melt a knob of butter in porridge, and you've got eighty two percent butter fat and eighteen percent water and protein and carbohydrates from the milk solids, and you may find that that agrees with you very well. Um, I'm not suggesting that dairy is just milk. I'm suggesting that dairy is a is a one of the things about uh, one of the joys of dairy is 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 the and I use the word carefully processed byproducts by food, foods that come from dairy. I'm not even going to use the word products. You know, whether that's butter, which of course is the profit from the dairy, which is the um, 
cream. Um, and then you've got the yogurts and you've got the cheeses, the raw milk cheeses. And you should be looking at this on the basis of what would you make yourself that you would consume because you know the ingredients and where they come from? What can you buy out there? So if you go out and buy a Gruyere cheese, that is dairy, yes, but it's it may not uh, um, you may not react to it because it's made from raw milk unpasteurized. You can buy it in literally every corner shop just as you can buy unpasteurized um milk that goes into parmesan and that's a, a very good cheese to rather than glop um budget uh cheese which is you know orange even colored orange with a natto or is you know uniform you you go and you go for the uh, variety um and yes milk you see uh, don't forget let's be absolutely clear about this we are dis- you know um uh, breast milk Human breast milk is rocket food for a baby. Mm-hmm. Imagine you, or perhaps you were, you were, or you were brought up on breast milk. That first year, nine months to 10, 11 months, you go from a, a babe in arms to a near toddler running around on breast milk. Good grief. What's in it? Well, what's in it is the great rocket fuel of, as I said, that uh, is that great energy source, which is lactose, which is milk sugar. Mm-hmm. Now, as we get older, we lose the ability to digest lactose. We lose the lactase um, enzyme. And uh, we find that we can become intolerant to milk. Um, and that's perfectly, that's perfectly normal. Um, some of us continue to tolerate milk or indeed fermented milks such as um, kefir, dairy kefir and so on. And you just have to try. But it's perfectly normal for us to lose our ability to digest cow's milk as we grow. Um, And indeed in Italy, uh, if you have trouble breastfeeding as a mother, you go to the chemist and they keep frozen donkey milk because uh, donkey milk is quite is as close as you're, I mean, not close, but it's, it's a much better substitute for a baby than cow's milk as a breast milk replacement um, in terms of its complexity and its, and its bioavailable nu- nutrients. So there's food wisdom there. Yeah. Um, but it's perfectly normal to become intolerant of dairy. And then, of course, what the dairy industry has done for convenience and, and you know, low low price on the shelf is, is, is super processed the milk. Um, so that in fact, what you're doing is making it less digestible for humans anyway. So not only have you got the natural intolerance as you age, but you've also got the intolerance that comes with your being given a milk that contains fat molecules that the body doesn't recognize. And these are all the, the extraordinary backstories of these cheap and convenient foods that we've come to expect. I'm so glad that I um, did share that with you because I've obviously, so in your book, I have read some of the stuff that you've um, written around dairy foods um, and um, and kind of hearing you advocate, again, it's advocating for us all working out what works for us and some, some things, you know, put people in rude health, some things don't agree with other people and I think, I think I'm not, I'm not deterred. I'm. Uh, I think you know. I'm, I'm 30. I've got a lifetime of experimenting and of understanding that just because things don't work for me right now, that doesn't mean that they won't in future, and vice versa. So it's exciting. And I think the thing that I wanted to um, let let's 
let's loop back around to porridge. So the thing I was going to say was you talked about that kind of scooping uh, a scoop of cream, um, clotted cream, and then a scoop of porridge. And didn't you serve some clotted cream um, as part of your speciality dish in 2014? Yes, it was. I've once. I'm not going to be. Um, um, I'm not. I'm not going to be um, modest here. But the. Um, it's, I've been to the World Porridge Championship in Carbridge, which takes place in uh, October. It's the most wonderful uh, village hall event in the uh, village stroke small town of Carbridge in the Cairngorms, not far from Aviemore. Mm-hmm. And I've been. We've been going as a as a as a company of porridge lovers, root health porridge lovers, I suppose, now for 15 of the 17 years of the existence of the company. And I've been going for the last 10 years. Um, and uh, you cook both, uh, you're, you're required to cook in 30 minutes, two types of porridge with two burners, which um, where you can have two, uh, you only have two burners in theory, although some people um, uh, do sort of um, request and push the boundaries in terms of equipment they can bring. But in principle, it's two burners and you cook a speciality porridge, which is oats based, but with, you can do anything. And then you cook the uh, traditional porridge, which is oatmeal, uh, which is not oat flakes and water and salt, which is in, in effect the Highland or Scottish Highland or um, uh, traditional porridge. And um, for years, for the first six years, I tried all sorts of fancy recipes for the speciality. I made a chocolate cup, I made my own caramel until the porridge went in, melted the chocolate cup, and then there was caramel on top. That got nowhere. I thought, come on, the best way to get through to these judges is to give them sugar, salt, fat. And tried that. That was too, I think that was a little bit too um, uh, fancy. And so one year I took, uh, I thought, I can't be having this any longer. I've got to cook the speciality. I'm not going to put any effort into it. I'm going to take a box of Root Health Fruity Date, which we still make, uh, which is a date, as it sounds, a, a fruited porridge with a little bit of um, cinnamon in it. And, uh, and I put that together and then I doused it with raw cream and um, I think some extra apricots and some rapadura sugar on the top and submitted it thinking, I've got that out of the way, I can concentrate on my traditional <laughs> saucepan. And lo and behold, it won. And the judges said, um, uh, it was very funny because the judges said, we felt this was a porridge that a child could make. And I'm assuming that that was a um, tribute rather than a um, than ironic uh, yeah. coming from these um, judges. But of course, the yeah, double irony was that I served it with raw milk, which is illegal in Scotland in the sense that uh, the sale of raw milk is is not allowed, unlike in England where there is... You can buy raw milk from farmers direct um, at the farm gate or from a machine and so on. So that made me smile because what it did, what you're doing when you make, and this is your hint when you take part in the World Porridge Championship, Hester, is that you, you should make a bowl of porridge you can't stop eating. Mm-hmm. And you did that. And I'm, I'm, I've submitted my recipe. So, yes, we are going to be going head to head this year, aren't we? Well, that's great because I've, I haven't submitted mine yet. Um, and... And then, lo and behold, I'm still the holder of the World Porridge Championship, Speciality World Porridge Championship, because for the last two years, it's been done in a virtual. So I'm the real holder, and I've just handed back the Quake, the uh, uh, sharing cup, uh, which is you will be holding up aloft um, uh, uh, at the competition, I'm sure. Um, and that... Um, 
I'm still the, in effect the, the the real hold the real life holder of the world porridge championship speciality um, recipe. And what I did to win that to win a second time was yet again I made porridge that you couldn't stop eating because um, you, you you it's this idea of it being Moorish but at the same time nourishing that is so exciting when you. Uh, make good food and you, when you make good porridge because of course people tend to think of porridge a lot of people perhaps not your age but certainly older think of porridge as something you were forced to eat at school mm-hmm. um and it was gray and it was sloppy and it was bland a bit like most people might associate with semolina or tapioca um, which are sort of kindred foods in one sense um but no i mean it's a bit like polenta polenta is in effect you know, corn porridge, mealy meal is mm-hmm. maize meal, corn porridge. Kasha is uh, buckwheat uh, porridge in Poland. And, and these are all just porridges, which are just cooked grains and then flavored to make them with salt, usually to make them edible. But with oats, because you've got uh, oats, are one of the fattiest grains, and that's good. That's good, by the way, um, in the sense that the fat content is higher than most grains. So therefore, fat gives you satiety and gives you flavor. And then when you combine it with the salt, you get that sweet savory. You get the carbohydrate and the fat content, which gives you satiety. And then you get the salt and you get that lovely sweet savory um, imp- uh, uh, sensation, which, which, and then when you top it with your exciting recipe that you've submitted, the judges won't stop eating it and therefore you'll win. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, so I have, I have tested this, the one that I've submitted, I've tested it a fair few times on a fair few people. And it is one that has gone down very quickly and very well. Um, and I think, to be honest, it's, it's funny, you say, it's, it's really interesting hearing you talk about it in that way, because the dish I've designed, I think, does that. It's one that certainly when I've been eating it, when I've been around people, you just you you could keep going back and it feels rounded and it feels like it's got hitting those different flavor notes and it just feels like a moment of joy so um i mean we will see i think it's going to be a really tough competition i know there are 30 of us aren't there um Something like that yes i mean it, it usually 25 to 30 i think in the early days it was fewer mm. um but what's exciting uh, that you'll appreciate is that it's so joyful and lighthearted and there's lots of banter and and um and the, the other thing is you've got 30 minutes to do two you've got a plate you've got to serve up three bowls of um speciality and three bowls of traditional porridge you've got 30 minutes to do it and um that's a, that's an interesting challenge in its own right because you know can you focus on both um do you have ambitions for both um and uh so, you know, you, you, you're on exactly the right, I mean, what you've done is what feels instinctive to you, which is lovely because you're, 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 you're thinking of what is going to please and what is going to nourish. So it sounds to me as though you're going to be, uh, and of course there isn't a final for the speciality. You cook speciality once, it's submitted to the judges, and I've been a porridge uh, competition judge. It's not easy, um, you know, uh, working your way through so many bowls of porridge, you know, 30 bowls of speciality and 30 bowls of traditional and then through to the final when you'll have another um, uh, however many bowls that would be uh, probably 10 or however many it would be for the finalists that would be the traditional and you've got to be you've got to keep 
refreshing your senses. And but it, you know what? As a judge, and with fellow uh, judges who can have ranged over the years from journalists to you know to chefs to food writers and so on, we didn't look each other in the eye when we picked up a bowl or we we, we took a spoonful from a particular bowl. We then we just look at each other and go, "That is the one," because you can't stop eating it, and it's that magic that comes from that combination. It's and um, and it, it, it's always obvious. So let's hope that yours will be obviously the winner. Well, I hope, but I mean, I'm just, I'm hearing you talk about it. I'm so excited to go. Can't really believe that I've never been before. Um, it was actually a friend who encouraged me to apply because um, I've obviously, I've known it's a thing for many years. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, if, if you go on a regular basis, maybe maybe it will not be my only, one and only time of um, attending well, I think, I think 10, 10 is a good is a good number. It was it made me laugh because it made me smile, because uh, when I won the speciality again seven years um, three years ago, um, I I said to the organisers, I don't want to I, because for about three or four years I didn't take part in the speciality. I said, look, would you mind if I just cook the um, traditional and, they, and we agreed that was a good idea because I said I don't want to win speciality again I mean I wasn't being arrogant I was just saying you know let it be possible for others to win let's just say so for three years I think I did not cook um the speciality and then three years ago they said you've got to cook speciality you know it's a new three-line whip mm. I said are you sure yes and so of course I won and I and it made me laugh because I hadn't intended to win I was focusing entirely on tradition because once I'd won speciality six or seven years ago, I can't remember when it was, it's like, well, that's done. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that again. I want to, my um, ambition, um, uh, thoroughly uh, s- s- simple ambition is to win the traditional um, trophy, which is the golden spurtle. And so I, I have to say, that I'm not going to be concentrating very much on the speciality, which will usually doesn't do me any good because when I do that, it generally wins. <laughs> um, so, um, but so perhaps I should uh, take the opposite, which is to pour to, everything uh, into it. Exactly, but we'll see. But it's all—it's such a—it's—it's it's the most extraordinary event. It's a—it's—it's it's a sort of—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's one of 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 the wonder of, of the community and of the community of those who come with the, this single-minded ambition to make porridge delicious. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, you're really bringing it to life. And I do hope that this year, not spending too much time thinking about the speciality does pay off and allows me to win. Um, and also, um, I like what you say about it being maybe 10, 10 being a good number. So maybe actually 2032 will be my year. We'll <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I can't, I really can't wait. And it'll be so nice to meet you there in real life. Absolutely. No, we, we, we're going to have, I mean, we may not have time to cook porridge. We'll be too busy. We'll be too busy sharing stories. Yeah. Got a lot to cover. And, um, you can think about any other book recommendations you may ha- may have for me between now oh and then as well. You, 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 yeah, I, but there are so many. We are there are so many wonderful, generous writers and communicators and storytellers out there. But Fred Provenza is is that book nourishment, and dare I say, eat right, which of course is 
very not not, not easy to get hold of now. It's it's um, out of print, and in their wisdom, and um, but you can find it out there in in you know the usual online searches. You'll find e right, but it is. I, mean, I apologise to all, all all of your listeners. It is long. It is too long, but there are. Um, you know, there are joyful recipes and insights, which I'm sharing with you that I've been given uh, freely by others and I give them freely to you. Well, I think funnily, um, well, I don't know, or funnily, I mean, I, I, you say it's hard to find, I found it, or maybe it found me, I wasn't looking for it. But, um, but I'm really, really glad that I came across and bought it, because it has been an influence. But I also I see it, I guess in ways as as a reference book as much as anything else and it's you know one of the ones that I have on my shelf and because you have different you know different areas of foods and different pieces different thoughts and it's one that I go back to and when I want a bit of inspiration almost when I have some questions it it I often find that there are answers to be found in here so um I don't know maybe your idea about um thinking about a a maybe a different presentation of it maybe maybe there's some potential for a for a new edition um because i think it's an as i say an amazing reference book thank you well that's that that, that, that that's i mean I, I suppose if i was going to write one book about food that's it in one sense because i've just poured out all that i've learned mm. and all that has been uh, gifted to me um and thank you for your kind words and um it is as you say all there i just it would be um and and therefore you can dip into it, which is which is um, and then change, change as I've changed, as we you know as you know we're all changing every day, every moment. Embrace that and uh, and you'll smile because change is that's the fundamental law of nature is change. And, it's the one constant we can rely on. And well, the other, and fundamentally, where it takes you, Hester is and uh, is is a good way of thinking of it. Is the change is part of our being impermanent, and therefore, being impermanent is the one constant that is 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 in is nature's um, law, and you embrace that and, and be happy. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Nick. You've been so generous with your time as well. We've been um, we've been gabbing on for quite a long time now. <laughs> but thanks well, for coming on the show. It's been so, so great to talk to you. I've learned so much and I've gloried in so much of this. Well, thank you for your kind words. And um, as as I say, as we as we've been saying, this is one step at a time, one spoon at a time, one bowl at a time, and feel the change inside you and feel that um that life returning or being becoming more more light and happy and and for all of you making better food choices making better lifestyle choices towards um, towards that understanding that every moment every spoonful is precious and is also going to make the change inside you is is a wonderful gift. I am officially buzzing about this year's competition. Um, I say this year's, I've never competed before, so I'm not sure why I'm time marking it, but I'm so excited to go to Scotland on the 8th of October, Carbridge near Inverness, and compete in the international, the 29th annual International Porridge Making Championship. I'm really looking forward to seeing Nick in real life and seeing what his entries are 
um, maybe beating him. I mean, I'm not feeling like that's necessarily one that's in the bag, but you never know. Uh, for me, taking part and kind of soaking it up is what's really, really exciting. But yeah, um, watch this space because I will be updating you on my progress in due course. I've got some more very exciting courage content coming your way soon. So if you've enjoyed the show, uh, feel free to tune back in or please tune back in. Please share this with other people. And if you or anyone you know fancies talking about uh, neurodivergence, porridge, storytelling, their passions, then please get in touch. You can get me on Instagram, just slide into my DMs. And if you are interested in asking me any questions, I would love to debunk some um, ideas and not really the science, but I would love to debunk some myths and facts about neurodivergence. Ask me some questions. Again, just send me uh, any questions you've got and I'm gonna be doing some episodes a little later on down the line. Can't wait to hear from you and I will be back again soon.